Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode one of the Alliance LARP podcast. My name is Stephen Dutzman. I am your host, and I am joined by my very good friend, Juliet Mayer. How are you? I am doing really, really well. I'm excited to finally have an opportunity to talk about Alliance to Alliance. For Alliance, by Alliance, For Alliance. With Alliance. <laughs> so we've we've been talking about doing this podcast. At you and least, I have been talking about it yes. since we met. Yep. Now, part of that could be because our boss told us to talk about making a podcast. But also, both of us are experienced podcasters. We've, we have had our voice recorded and put out on the internet talking about nerdy things. So we're not terribly while. bashful, fortunately, which is why we were good candidates to get this out the door. So thanks for that, Tony. Yeah, thanks, Tony. So <laughs> half Mike will travel. So we right. are here. This is the beginning of a long adventure. So we're just starting the two of us, really because our game is kind of in limbo. Right. And because of the pandemic. And so we're getting started ourselves now. But our intention over time is for this to be a much more crowded house. Today, it's a fireside chat, a cozy discussion between two friends who live on opposite sides of the country. Who actually never met in person. literally never met in person (laughs) uh but but we're like family now it's just how it works uh because we're marketing nerds guys so um we are we're gonna have ideally more permanent co-hosts we're gonna have owners on here we're gonna have all sorts of people from around the alliance that's right And we're going to be talking about the things that are exciting to you guys. We're going to be talking about things that are relevant to players, whether you're new or whether you've been playing um, longer than I care to admit to. If you're a new LARPer, an old LARPer, we're absolutely going to be talking about those things that you're talking about in Discord, that you're talking about on social media. So this won't just be us sitting here telling you about, oh, this one time at LARP camp. We're also going to be talking about the things that are relevant to you. Absolutely. So uh, to start, I'll start and end every podcast with this. If you want something talked about, you can send me a message on the forums or on Discord. Uh, and really in Discord, just say you podcast topic. I'll find it or go to the forums, which are AllianceLARP.com slash forum and send a message to Riddick Dale. I'll put that in the show notes. And. I will put it on the ever-growing list. As you can imagine, we have many bosses because we have many owners, and they have given us topics as well that we will be working through. Our topic today is going to be what is Alliance? We're just kind of get get it all started. You know, right at the base level, what is this game that we right. play? And, you know, go from there. And maybe you're a new player. I know there are some brand new chapters, including Alliance Las Vegas and Alliance Wyoming, as well as Alliance Rally. There's three brand new chapters, none of which have had a live game yet. Um, And that's a lot of, you know, we want to answer your questions, too. Those are people out there who are going to have amazing questions that um, neither of us have thought about in a few years. Yes, it has been a long time since I have been brand new. So... Let's start, Juliet. Let's talk Mm -hmm. about our story, because both of us are a part of national staff for a reason. And it's because we love this game and we love LARP in general. But you start. How did you find your way into the Alliance and start playing with us, let alone become elevated to this pretty important position of kind of helping manage all these projects as we put out new rules and assemble a new staff and change owners, et cetera. So I'll give a little bit of background on me before we jump into the Alliance. So I've been LARPing for, this actually came up in Discord today. Uh, I've been LARPing for 21 years, which is a really long time. My LARPing career is old enough, old enough to drink. Um, so I have a background in parlor LARPs. So that's, that's going to be your vampires, werewolf, things like the houses of the blooded, things that are... Um, hand signals or cards related where you're really just dressing up and enjoying an evening with your friends and there's role play and sometimes combat involved. Um, your boffer LARPs are, I've been doing those for, oh my gosh, um, 
I wrote it down earlier, since like 2007, math. So 14 years. 14 years. Uh, yeah, 14 years. I have played in a lot of LARPs on the West Coast, including, of course, Nero, of course, Alliance. Um, I actually owned a Dystopia Rising chapter in Colorado with my partner. Uh, the two of us ran that for five years. And I've been... I got my start in Alliance thanks to Jesse Grabowski, a little shout out, um, who's in Texas now. Um, but I got my start in Alliance, which we'll get into the difference between Alliance and the Alliance because Stephen and I have different opinions on that. Um, but uh, I got my start seven years ago if, with Alliance in Denver. Uh, got started with the very first game, even the pregame and had a phenomenal experience. And Denver continues to be an amazing location and destination. Highly recommend it is a beautiful place to LARP if you've never had the opportunity. Absolutely stunning sights. Um, being able to LARP up at 8,000 feet is a really interesting experience. So uh, after my chapter closed or was handed off to new owners for Dystopia Rising, I was able to join the national staff. I actually originally wanted to just do PR because I have a marketing background professionally. And uh, Tony, uh, <laughs> the chairman of Alliance, reached out to me, Tony Mungo, and said, hey, I need a hand with project management. And I saw that you were volunteering. And so I said, I can't say no to Tony. So <laughs> um, I got brought on board to manage uh, a variety of different teams. So I'm part of the AGM staff. I assist with uh, our design friends, as well as some of the process as things moved into ARC, um, supporting the PR team as well. And just really excited to be a part of the family. I think there's a ton of growth and a lot of what I've been able to uh, learn through my experience with Dystopia Rising and um, some of the other LARPs that I've been involved in over the years. Um, I'm really excited to bring some of that forward, including a, you know, a focus on diversity, a focus on inclusion and a focus on safety and, and um, as well as um, consent. There we go. There's, I was like, it's a word I'm looking for. So there it's you go. A, it's been a long day for both of us. So forgive us if if the words lose, if the words escape us, folks, that's all right. We're going to leave them in because this is a conversational <laughs> podcast. This is not NPR. OK, we are doing the best we can. Uh, that's a great story. I have heard it several times. Uh, but it never ceases to amaze me the like the variety of the games that you have played, the depth of your experience. I have already learned a lot from you. Thank you. And I can't wait to go on this podcasting voyage with you and learn even more. Because one thing that is that is a little bit different between the two of us is that while you have a lot of experience with a variety of LARPs, I am I'm a company man. I have played all lines. I all am, the time. <laughs> I have played Alliance for 19 years, and I my extent with other non-Alliance LARPs, and some people will refer to this as a weakness, and I will accept that. Uh, I played half of a night of uh, Vampire at the uh, at the University of Hartford. That bad, huh? uh, I, I I'll tell you <laughs> offline. I don't. This is all pot. We're we are all sunshine and happy. It was you know what? It just wasn't for me, and That's part right. of it is because. Um, I and we'll talk about my opinions on, you know, immersion and, and mm -hmm. I struggle to LARP around people who are not playing the same game as me. That is a challenge that I have. And yeah. Vampire is definitely intended to be played in public. And that is tough for me. I'm sure I, there are absolutely people who love it. And I appreciate them, but it's not for me. Uh, and I also went to one game of Nero International because it turns out that there is a Nero International game that is their game is literally five minutes from my parents' oh, house. No kidding. And so I went there with my brother one afternoon. I was invited to go play. And this is what after I was the head of because I've been the head of net, you know, PR and customer service for the Alliance for so long that I can't remember when I started. Tony is my fourth Alliance chairperson. So I was, That's, I am. Can you, can you name all four? Yeah. So, uh, Tony, 
Right. Then previous to, to uh, actually fifth. Um, so Tony. <laughs> then previous See? to him was Matt. Right. And then previous to him was Allie. Previous to Allie was Michelle, and previous to Michelle was. Uh, Christina and Christina is who hired me. And so, so I have been around that whole time as part of national staff. I am so impressed that you have served this community for so long. And I will shout out to Allie as well. I actually served under Allie and Paige briefly uh, as a note taker and as well doing some IT um, stuff. So, yeah. Tony's technically my second chairperson. Yeah. So I've been, so I am a company man. And so I have played Alliance uh, for 19 years, close to 20, probably. Um, And I have, uh, I, I am an East coast player. I'm a Connecticut kid. And so I played Alliance Massachusetts, which was Alliance Caldaria. And that was my home chapter. And I played through a period of time, which we will, I'm sure when we tell old war stories and have those things oh, yeah. uh, where the East Coast was five chapters where you there was a game every weekend. And I played a lot uh, over those periods of time. Um, I am uh, I, I will fully admit that I am a stick jock. So um so that is a diff- another difference between the two of us because you are I, not. No, I um, am not a stick jog. If we talk about playing styles, I am a, uh, if I can, I'll do collaborative storytelling, but um, I portray a politician in game and there's not a lot of hitting people for that character. Um, and so I, and, but that's why it's cool that the two of us yeah, are here fun. because we really do bring different stuff. And so mm-hmm. uh, for a time I was the GM of Alliance, uh, Alliance Caldaria and I, I maintain I remained the uh, GM until the chapter closed. And so now I am, you know, I have no home chapter to um, that. I am a staff for, I, you know, I play in New Hampshire uh, at the um, Cinderfeld chapter, but the, uh, but as far as I'm not on any local staff for now, I'm sure that's going to change. I'll be so, customer so service you're, somewhere. You're just a player. I'm just a player with the How exception of the feel? fact, <laughs> with the exception of the fact that I do crisis communications for the entire organization because that's what they make me do. So, um, but I'm good at it. So I do the thing. So, um, that is, that's how I've, that's how I'm here. I, the reason I've in this job, I tried to quit a long time ago and they wouldn't let me, they They said do customer service at least. And I was like, you know what? Fine. And you know, every once in a while they throw out the bat symbol or the bat signal and I'd come out and now uh, Matt and Dave, the new owners of the Alliance, put out the bat signal and they were like, hey, Steve, would you mind doing a little bit more? And I said, sure. They, Tony introduced me to you and now uh, we're going to uh, now we're doing a podcast and it's crazy. Insane. So that's our story. As people come on, we're going to ask them their story as well. So this is important. If you have questions that you have for us about our history, et cetera, please send them in. We will talk about them. If we didn't, if we didn't like talking about ourselves, we would not hit record. (laughs) We wouldn't be here. (laughs) This is part of the deal. Mm -hmm. Um, So, all right. So that's our, that's who we are. I'm Steve. She's Juliet. That's our story. Let's go to uh, the next piece. I wanted to give a clear statement of purpose for this podcast. I believe in radical transparency. And what that means is I am you, the listener, can trust that outside of the fact that I will I'm not going to disparage other games or anything like that. I just will not talk about it. But um this is I, I want this to be a positive place. There's a lot of fun to be had. And every opportunity we have to be fun and light and talk about the awesome connections and experiences you can have with with Alliance, uh, we're going to do that. This is a show that is being made by Alliance National Staff, produced by Alliance National Staff. Uh, As I said in our pre-show meeting, this is the Nintendo Power magazine of the Alliance. And so... um, we are going to be promoting our games and promoting things that are relevant to our players. And so you can assume that that is the case. Um, that's not to say that we're not going to get serious. If things need to get serious, uh, I do crisis communications for the organization. So it's very likely that I might be getting a microphone to say stuff. However, um, that's it. You know, you can trust me for, um, you know, transparency and candor. I will tell you, 
like it is, um, unless it's about another game. And then I'm going to leave it alone. <laughs> Very right. likely. We're, um, we're, we're not going to be shy talking about challenging topics in this podcast. Those are correct. things that need to be talked about. And they need to be talked about in a public forum like this, where we have an opportunity for discussion. Um, but we're not here to disparage anyone or anything. Or this is, you know... But we want to be honest about the challenges that our community faces. And so this is an opportunity for that. As much as as much as crisis communication is um, an art form, uh, we are here to champion transparency. True. I also just like that word, you know, crisis communication. It sounds, it sounds, first of all, crisis I've, I've communication. I've done it. <laughs> yeah, I know. I've done I, it I professionally. Like, <laughs> I like the word better than I like doing the thing. So It so sounds cool. It does sound cool. Does this sound like it should be a comic book? Crisis communication. I, it's something I talk about in job interviews. I don't yeah, know about you. Well, um, yeah, for <laughs> sure. For sure. It just doesn't, I'm, I, yeah, it, I, I have done so. So, so that's a statement of purpose for us. We are, uh, but we also want to be a sounding board for you guys, sounding board, board for you guys. So if you, as you're listening from New England, (laughs) I am, I am. So, and so the listeners, you, as you hear us, if you have questions, topics, uh, criticisms, uh, please send them to me. Uh, I am open to change. So. Um, you can also right. reach us through Discord. It doesn't. I know many of you are. Many of our listeners are going to be on the uh, half, Get us on. half a dozen Discord channels. We have not more than that. A dozen. We're working on. We are. We are working on unifying all that so that it is so that each Discord has like a map. I, I personally, I've started kind of mapping it myself. We're gonna have it so that all the Discords have a templated channel with links to all the other channels and like. So there it's super easy, but you can find me. I am at the very least on the official Alliance Discord, um, which you can find the link on the Alliance LARP website. So That's you right. can definitely do that. So AllianceLARP.com. At AllianceLARP.com. The Discord link is right there. Follow it. Yeah. Thank you for keeping me honest. Because <laughs> I, you know, I do get sloppy with my with my attribution links. You are totally fine. That's what I'm here to help. That's with. what so um all right. So that's our that's the statement of purpose. Now we can get to have a little bit of fun. <laughs> um, what is alliance? <laughs> Are you asking uh, me? Uh, well, I'm just first. I'm, I'm letting <laughs> I'm letting it sit, right? Like when you get something like that heavy, sometimes I like to just it's like a meatball, right? Like you just like throw it into the middle of the room and see how it splats on the floor, you know. And you got to let it just kind of hang out, you know. Oh, all right. So let me follow up your question with: Is it a meatball or is it the meatball? Because you keep putting a the in front of alliance, okay. and I need to know why. Well. Because number one, it's because I've always done it. And and so and I know we don't necessarily right. <laughs> that you're right, it doesn't make it right. With that said, I've referred to it as the alliance versus and I don't know if this is a regional thing or if it's a me thing. It could very well be a me thing. Because what's interesting is when you say alliance, I don't hear it differently. Like my experience is the same. So for me, um, I call it the alliance because I am referring to like the and the alliance is all of our chapters, all of our players, our united alliance. So I say I'm referring to the alliance. It could very well be that I call and I don't know. I don't have a real reason for it. That's what the thing It's just I've always done it. And it could be because I do play World of Warcraft and it is called the alliance and the horde there. So it could be that I'm just kind of rolling with alliance LARP. And so I say the alliance. But so it but it's it's right. I. I, for me, Alliance is the brand, right? Alliance is the network, right? Yeah. So I don't say I'm going to have the Coke. I'm going to have a Coke or I'm a fan of Coca-Cola as opposed to Pepsi. So for me, and maybe I'm wrong, I don't know, but- I don't think me, you are. 
I may not be, um, but it is AllianceLARP.com. It is, and like, if you look at the branding and you look at the logo, it does not say the Alliance. Uh, I, and I, maybe this is something we can this ask. This is what the we're in for, folks. <laughs> this is what we're in, folks. Um, I, I, I'm not saying that I am right. The only, the, here's the thing that makes me potentially right <laughs> is that since I'm the head of PR, I could write my own style guide and make it right. So that's the only thing I got is that I could make it, I could create the style guide that makes it the that makes it so that we all have to refer to it as uh, the alliance, alliance. I and then refer to it um <laughs> i mean but then no one would do it i uh, i mean i don't know man it's just what i call it when i right? she's referring to i sent her the show notes everybody which admittedly was three bullet points in discord because this episode is not exactly very crazy i mean <laughs> it's not like we're talking about 15 different things and have three guests and four transitions in an ad read we were, i mean now i want those things i want um. let's just do um so we don't have a soundboard that i have to pre-program so it's so I just said, what is the alliance? And she's like, what do you mean the? And I'm like, oh, man. And I do say it in conversation casually all the time. It's weird. Uh, so, so yeah, it is weird. Let us know how you say it. Right. Everybody. I think this is a great opportunity for a poll in the in the national uh, Discord channel. Just, in fact, you just want to get you just want me to get beat up. That's all. Because no, yes, you maybe. think because <laughs> you think that I'm gonna that people are gonna go in there and be like, what is no, the head it, of PR so this, doing? One of the I'm, best you know parts. What? I'm putting this poll up right it. now. Do it, do it right now. Um, one of the and best parts that. of joining national staff has been the absolute joy of getting to meet more of my East Coast uh, brothers, sisters, and NBs. Um, the whole family out there. Just this this phenomenal opportunity to learn what the cultural differences are be, between alliance chapters. Um, most just as a in transparency, uh, I spent you know seven years in Denver. I have played I have played in San Francisco. Uh, I have played in the Pacific Northwest, and so there are distinct cultural differences between the East and the West Coast when it comes to language, as you can hear from this conversation, as as well as there's massive in character differences for how they, you know, how they do loot spits. And that's one of the, the things for me that I enjoy about Alliance. Alliance as a network allows you to take your character from chapter to chapter to chapter and experience different storytelling styles, experience different in-game cultures. How does, you know, you're, you've got this great rule set as kind of this umbrella that ties us all together. Uh, but there's these beautiful differences. That's why I'm looking forward to nationals, um, which are Labor Day weekend in Chicago with a little plug there. That's what I'm looking forward to is getting this huge opportunity to connect with my, my East Coast Alliance family and get to hear about their experiences. Did you post it? I did. I have no answers. I have no one has answered. I will, we will keep track on this real time. Uh, and um, y- y- they're not really good polling options specifically inside. Um, you have to like tell people what emote to use or whatever. So I just said answer. Uh, I just yeah, said question. Just tag, and then, I'll tag some people in there. It's okay. This is fine. Everything's yeah, fine. We're, we're, we are having way too much fun here. Wait, so you're tagging people. You're going to tag people that say it your way. So you're just going to make me look correct. silly. I mean, so, I can tag people. All right. <laughs> so I, when I think of, you know, what is Alliance LARP for me, um, you know, I mean, the first part is this is a huge part of my life because uh, I've been, you know, I've I have been a part of this game for my entire adult life. And, you know, I have had three kids while I played and I have been a part of, you know, that my team that I have played with, which admittedly the idea of like having like, you know, specific teams, I have also learned as a cultural difference um, because man is for a while was the East coast pretty much dominated by teams for a long time. But the, um, and we'll talk all about that later, how, oh, yeah. to ma- how to manage teams and stuff like that. Cause I have lots of experience. Um, the, but for me, the alliance outside of kind of the obvious hippie stuff is that um, it is the whole game is 
a for me it's 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 a game that is just as important to me as World of Warcraft and just as important to my life as Dungeons and Dragons. And so I view I view right. Alliance as not just the games we play, but the rule set and the worlds are all kind of under that same uh, umbrella. Um, you know, this is my escape. And, you know, there have been some times where I haven't been able to play just because, you know, when you got three young kids and you're broke, it's hard to, it's hard to get away. But, um, you know, every time I've been able to, you know, put on those boots, um, I have been able to come and get a chance to escape and, you know, kind of be a hero. And for me, that is a huge part about what this game is for me. So what I hear you talking about is really, it's a community, it's a safe space, it's a place of expression, it's, um, it's an opportunity to be all you can't be. Not to use the tagline. <laughs> I mean, but use the tagline. Right. You, know, you can't be, I mean, right? Like the opportunity, like this is where... Like in my in in my actual day job, for the longest time, I worked in a call center. Oof, I think that's a I lot was, of our players. I think that's right. True. And there's a lot of folks that work retail or are short order cooks or work in front lines doing not fun stuff, right? And I could on a Friday punch in and get yelled at for eight hours, right? Right. But then right. I could leave. And I could drive a few hours and I could put on a put on a costume and become, uh, you know, are, you know, arguably one of the most important people in a game world. Right. And right. for for 48 hours, I didn't have to think about call metrics i could think about treasure or mm-hmm. i could think about how we're going to defend the town from megalomaniac 19 you know i so i think that uh larp alliance in particular but larp in general is it's it's a way to have personal wins in a safe space right you can have challenges you can have problem solving but you can at the end of the day you can feel good about those little wins maybe you helped you know kill the bad guy during a town wave battle maybe um it's not cheating (laughs) someone is definitely not uh, talking um talking oh i'm definitely talking junk in the discord yeah um (laughs) Um, it's, it's, it's a form of escapism, but I think it's so much more than that. It's, it's, I used to call LARPing on the weekends an emotional vacation, right? I could leave all of my, whatever I was carrying, whether that is, you know, work stress or family stress or relationship stress or whatever. And I can put that down as soon as I put my ears on and I walk in a game and yes, I'm going to have different drama and different challenges. Um, but I was solving those challenges with my friends who were supporting me, um, whether they were NPCs or not. Uh, and I think, I think that there's something really intangible and empowering from that experience that anybody who hasn't done a weekend LARP, maybe they haven't experienced that. So that's what Alliance is. I think to me, it's empowerment um, in a safe space and in a, a way to experiment with who you are, what you're, what you're interested in, who you are as a person. So I, I agree with what you say there, right? This is, for me, this has been an escape, but it's also been kind of an opportunity to make new and interesting connections I've met so many great people, you know, and uh, I've learned a lot about uh, leadership and about conflict resolution. Oh, wow. Yeah. And negotiation and uh, a little bit of math. (laughs) uh, Man, listen, when everything's base five, you learn a lot of math real quick. So. so Most of that is from figuring – I've learned a lot of shorthand mathematics to be able to figure out how to divide treasure quickly. I've learned more about that than yeah. doing t- – taking damage, I just fall over. Just like yeah. fine, I'm dead. Yeah, uh, I'm okay with that. But dividing but press the treasure – Press F in the chat for anybody who has to divide treasure. 
it's it, you learn a lot. You learn a lot of uh, of quick mathematics, and you get used to stuff. The uh, yeah, but de- definitely rip in the chat for everybody that has to do that. Um, as the guy who has had to do that a few times. Okay. So, uh, but only I only really get involved if it's dragon hordes, though. Like if it's just individual treasure. Okay, wait, we'll wait, talk- wait, 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 wait. What is a dragon horde? Oh, dragon horde is what on the east coast we refer to that. It's not literally a dragon horde, but it's like, so if at the end of a weekend you fight like a big thing that doesn't have um, like individual monsters or the individual monsters are um, like they shouldn't have treasure, like maybe they're like plant monsters or whatever. Like if we're invading a keep, they will take the tail end of the treasure bucket and they will just like put it in a place and then we go. We kill the bad guy, and then we split the dragon horde. You can't see this, but he's doing air quotes. So, okay, this is a foreign concept to me. This was not something that my local chapter or really the I-25 corridor chapter, so our Rocky Mountain friends have done. Um, I've heard it referred to as magic loot bag, where the treasure is just delivered to the PCs at the end of the encounter. Um, However... uh, So instead of sweeping the field or having PCs say, I loot you one or I suit you one or whatever your particular um, nomenclature is for your local chapter. So it's just delivered to the PCs at the end instead of looting? It's sitting there. It's in a box. Oh, it's in a box. Okay. Yeah, it's like in a box or it's, you know, I saw it once where we were fighting and there was like a a big like rock, like literally a rock that had like a natural like bowl to it. So Mm. they just like dumped all the coins and stuff into it. It it makes more sense when you think of it. Like it's if it has occurred when it makes more sense to put all the stuff in a single place, then it would be to spread it out amongst various monsters. Um, And so we've just casually on the East coast, or at least in the games that I have been in, we've casually Mm -hmm. referred to it as a, as a dragon horde because the first time I remember it being like a significant thing, it was a dragon. It was a complicated thing. It wasn't. We oh, didn't actually no, kill yeah, the dragon. No, yeah, no, I, but I, I have a, I have a real specific opinion on dragons, thanks to the closer for Acarthia. Yeah, um, but real, real but specific. It was, but it was, well, it was complicated. But the, <laughs> you're fine. Um, but over, you know, the tail end, you know, over the last, like, I'd say five or six, maybe even longer years, it's something that has happened a bit more frequently on our That's end. So interesting. Um, and it's really just so. That's when, and the way we had just figured out how to handle it is we total it up, we figure out all the people there, and we split it. Um, and the and I know certain plot teams on the East Coast have figured out how to use that as a way to be fair in crazy fights where sure. some people might have needed to do a job that didn't involve killing things. I, you know, that's yeah. So, I, I just I love that this is a cultural difference and that this is something we're going to get to talk about. I'm yeah, exactly. endlessly fascinated. And I'm sure that there are certain situations where the chapters out west have done the same thing. You just call it different. We you might. Know? That's but, true. And we just might call it something different. I bet you when we start telling the stories of how it all happened, I bet you it'll all kind of come out together. Um, but I don't if they that. don't, if we don't then how cool is that? So for me, but that's part of what's so awesome about the game that we play in that I, I, it's not just one game is that, you know, when I go to Cinderfell, I'm going to have a different flavor of experience as when I went to Caldaria. What? Even where, where, where were those? Those are, where where were those? What state? Oh, Cinderfell (laughs) was New Hampshire. My bad. That's another thing. The issue is oh, right. I'm so used to, I'm so used to it. Cinderfell is in is Alliance, New Hampshire. Okay, um, thank you. Well, technically, it's it's complicated. I don't even know how they. I don't even. Anyway, Cinderfell is the high level chapter inside New Hampshire because because New Hampshire has both a high level game and a low level game. They have two different campaigns that run uh, three to four events a year. So they have a level capped game. Um, and then they have a high-level game uh, that is colloquially referred to as the Island of Misfit Toys. Um, and so that's where plot lines from closed chapters and players from closed chapters go to do absurd things. 
Um, I, I have a lot of friends on the West Coast who'd be real interested to hear more about that on another show. Yes. They want to come hang out with space pirates because we got space pirates. Um, They're not actually space pirates, but, uh, but they may as well be space pirates. There's a pirate fox somewhere in the Rocky Mountain region who'd like to hear more about your newsletter. Pirate fox would absolutely love to come take a ride on the Carnegie. Let me tell you. We'll tell all those stories. So anyway, what's that's one of the things that I love, right? Like when I go to New Hampshire, it's a different game. It's a different feel than yeah, when I go absolutely. to, um, you know, when I used to go to Caldaria, where which or where I, when I used to go to uh, Ashbury, which that game has closed. Ashbury has, was yeah. Pennsylvania. Ashbury, yeah. that game has closed. But to use it as an example, Ashbury was um, – a grand scale. The teams were actually noble courts that represented, you know, baronies, right? Yep. The pinnacle Just of like Denver. Uh, yep. Yeah, exactly. So like the which there's some there's some obvious DNA there, uh, being that Denver was yes. started by Jesse Grabowski, right? So um the uh whereas Caldaria, which is where I was born, quote unquote and raised, uh the uh, the head of uh, like the the biggest and beneficial NPC, Benny NPC was a Baron. So like the idea, the first time I realized that there was another game where they had adventuring teams that were essentially responsible for us, our game world blew right. my mind. Yeah. There were PC Barons who were doing crazy stuff and dealing with some of those macro and micro problems for yeah. Baronies. Um, blew my mind. And I know that, the, you know, there are other chapters that are completely different. New Hampshire in the old days was essentially like a frontier town. Right. Right. And so they yep. played it up like that. So I love those differences and I love That's, being able to go to a different game and, you know, it's like stepping into a different comic book. You know what I mean? You, They're just so exactly. different. You know, when, when I was playing in Denver, uh, back in the olden days in the before times, um, when we were playing uh, in Denver, we had, you know, entire noble teams, we had non noble teams. We had every, you know, uh, it was a very kind of, uh, team centric experience. Uh, or even if you weren't on a team, that was a very different experience, but it was a very structured game because of the nature of having so many noble PCs. Uh, myself among them and transparency. But then you would go out to somewhere like Utah or Kansas or uh, or California and California in particular. So the Maelstrom, when that campaign was running, it's a it's a closed campaign. Um, their experience was the what happens when the adventurers fail. Right. So that was the whole story for the Maelstrom was this this shard, because that's a term that we use on the West Coast. I've recently discovered the East Coast doesn't use that term. We do not. Um, What's a shard? Uh, so shard is how the West Coast is. <laughs> See, this to is me, that just says server. When I hear no, shard, shard, I think server. So the concept that, of a shard and I can't tell. I learned this in character accepted head cannon, if you will. I learned this from San Francisco. So perhaps this was a holdover from other other areas of the West Coast. But the concept was that Fartanus is kind of the all of these little shards, these little kingdoms, these little um, planes, I guess, as you guys refer to them. And, and in order to travel from shard to shard, you have to go through the mists, which is exceptionally dangerous. But what happens when chapters close, right? That shard is now mist locked or destroyed. You can't get to that location anymore. And that's how we explained moving from chapter to chapter to chapter. Um, but the Maelstrom shard was the nobility had, you know, had been overrun with undead. And so they unlocked or they opened up all of the elemental planes and everything just sort of poured in. And this is a really brief telling, like it's not that simple, but, yeah. um, but they, it, basically the adventurers were tasked with retaking this entire shard and they were successful. I actually went to their closer, their uh, campaign closer in November of 2019. It was a phenomenal experience. Uh, Greg Ruddy, Greg Ruddy, who was their head of plot, did just an amazing job. The site was beautiful. It was just a great, great time. Um, some really great players from all across the country came out. Um, and we won, right? We get, we had something to tell at the end. We had this amazing shared 14-hour fight on basically what looked like Endor. It was so humid. But I was from I was flying in from Denver at the time, so I was like, "Oh, there's so much water and oxygen in your air." Uh, but it was 
had a lot of fun. And <laughs> but it was such a different experience because Acarthia, uh, old school Denver, was this breadbasket of you know there were farms and lands and PCs had you know homes and taverns and bakeries and and estates and things. And so it was this really stark difference when the campaign was sort of. Um, at its high point where those PCs only got to eat mushrooms in character and they lived in caves because the surface was obliterated. So again, just, just like you've said, the Alliance for me is different experiences, different storytelling styles, different cultures, different problems to solve, depending upon which location you are buying your ticket to. <laughs> it might be. Yeah. And I know, you know, Kansas had some phenomenal experiences. I, I didn't get a chance to visit myself, but they had a really interesting, um, interesting local culture. Uh, it's my understanding that I've been told from some friends out in that direction. So I, I love that about this network. Yeah. Uh, for the record, on the East Coast, we generally just refer to them as continents. Really? Like, for us, the way it's been described, the way that the cosmology has been described to me by our greatest and wisest scholars um, who just make it up as they go along and just say it smart is that we're all on the same globe, um, but that the continents cannot we can't we theorize that we're all on the same globe because we can get to each other now keep in mind part of this is because on the east coast so many of us were in all of the places oh um, yeah that's fair that we just assumed that travel some of us travel much easier much more easily than others we just assumed that you would just you, you know you could just go and so um the the so for us, it's we're all in the same globe, and then there's just an indeterminate amount of mist and flux temporis. Is that's what they called it in Caldaria? That between huh. uh, all the different continents, and you can just you just go. And if you go frequently enough, you get good enough that you can kind of control it. Um, so that's explained um, wildly differently. But this is relevant because Nationals is coming up in September. So when you have to explain where your character's going and why, I think that this is this is part of everyone's it's, personal experience. It's not uncommon on the East Coast for player for players to ask plot if they showed up weird. Really? As opposed so, you know, if I was going to like so old Chirimsalo, which is New Hampshire, um Riddick, my character would never go there on purpose ever. He hated that place. But obviously oh I would go play the chapter. Right. Like he despised that place and the people there. And they didn't like him either. Um, it's complicated. Uh, we've since made amends. But like uh, for a time, I would never go there on purpose ever as Riddick Dale. But he uh, so whenever I went there, I'd be like, all right, so the miss grabbed me and just chucked me here. Like, how do I show up? And it would all. And so they would either say, I don't know, just like in the field, you know, whatever, or you can, you know, be here and just say that something happened or they would be like, oh, all right, well, you're going to, we're going to rift you in, in the middle of this combat encounter. <laughs> so, and they would me, show it's, you know, I, I have a weird question for you. Um, so in Dystopia Rising, when you visit a game, they do what they call traveler modules for the beginning of the game for anybody who's traveling. Some of the chapters in the Alliance Network have have done this as well. I've seen that Denver did it. Uh, San Francisco did it. Is that something that's common on the East Coast? It's common, but it's not persistent. It's not consistent. Okay. Oftentimes they would do that if uh, the game was taking place like in at a special location in game. Like if it was not okay. um, like during the last years of Ashbury, they did a lot of going from place to place within that game world. So every okay. game, it was a different place. And so some people just lived there <laughs> and then everybody else, especially if you came from out of town, would have to go through a thing. Happened at okay. Caldaria for a while. Um, so it's not every event. Um, but. Like I said, it's not so they'll tell you like at opening ceremonies or at logistics. Hey, you're out of town. Uh, report right. to NPC camp. Do this thing. If that was what the plot was going to do. Um, I think uh, the plot members that I know, like if they knew a lot of people were coming from out of town, they would try and write something. Right. But if it was just that, incidental, yeah. just me and just my brother cool. sh showing up in New Hampshire, they would just do something. There would just be some silliness. Or, you know, like they would just tor or they would torture us or do something that they thought was funny, you know. 
They definitely I, would torture us. I think I love traveler mods. Um, I, I, I got to go on a really fun one in Southern California in the Dystopia Rising Network where they, you know, drove us out to a location and we had to fight our way into town. And so then it gives you it gives, it gives this really nice opportunity for locals to kind of um, know who the travelers are and engage with them in character, not just, oh, you're randomly here now. I love it because it creates good story. Um, and for us, when you traveled through the mists, air quotes, into another shard, it's a disorienting experience, right? So when those traveling characters come through, they may be they may be nauseous, they may be under other effects, and it's I like it because it the the locals get to welcome in those travelers in a really in a really tangible way. And I've so I've seen this done a couple different ways in different games. Um, but I just I think it's I think it's smart. I think it's community driven. I think I mean I I certainly you know would never reject one right like if if somebody right. was like hey like I I'm a go with the flow kind of guy right. in my right. younger days I might have been a little bit more obnoxious but for now it's like all right where does Paul want me to go what are we doing right. do I have to do this um but you know the idea of it being really challenging and difficult and disorienting I mean on these ghosts not really you know like if you if you if you water ski barefoot every day eventually it's going to come second nature and that's kind of what it turns into is right. that we're, you know for a lot of us are just water skiing barefoot because if you can go to three events a month in three different chapters that's insane um, uh it was <laughs> i'll tell you, you what 20s? i'll tell you what i well first off i was in my 20s <laughs> right um, but the other piece is um i only did it a couple of times and that was only when it was um when it was like maybe the closers, like I would go to a bunch of closers gotcha. in a row. Cause I, I, me, I love grandiose, big oh, battles same. Same. and the closers are kind of when that happens, right? That's when like plot lines end up. That's also when it's cool to be the hero coming from out of town to kind of help fight the big bad, right? Like yeah. that is what I am here for. And now I'm a, like a hired gun. They are happy to see me now, not in the, past when I wasn't all that useful it wasn't so much but now I'm you know like I'm you know, like I'm the living personification of death in some places that I go so like you know that um, sounds like a transform and I have an undertaker well I, I mean uh, listen uh, I don't have any of that stuff please let's not make like, do we have to make necromancy jokes on our uh, yes. on the show yes, um, necromancy the official stance of the Alliance LARP podcast is that necromancy is illegal that is correct um that is correct. Um, and also, um, there are way more creative and interesting ways to kill people that don't involve necromancy. Necromancy I would is really like like to talk about that on another call. <laughs> sure. Yeah, we'll do that later. We'll do that. I mean, also, um, I also have this is gonna. I have never PvP'd with weapons or spells. Like I've never PvP'd with someone like it's, character card versus character card. Does obliterating I, somebody count? That involves a character card because someone has to have ritual levels and treasure policy. I, it wasn't. Did you I, have someone else do it? No, uh, we had a character uh, who was visiting, and that character murdered someone in broad daylight uh, during breakfast. In fact, listen, that's and, just dirty, right? Can I? Can we just all agree <laughs> as an alliance that like when people got bacon? No, no, no murder don't, clause. Don't engage. I, I don't. I, I hate having breakfast interrupted. I. That's what uh, I'm saying. It's be so angry, have, and it happens. Like all I don't the time even like always. breakfast crunchies. No, like, I don't even like breakfast crunchies. I like, don't like me... wake up goblins either. Let me, let me, let me say this loud and clear to whomever listens to this bo- this <laughs> podcast. No one likes wake up goblins. Oh, wait, no hold one... on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> what, depends on what you mean by because because like wake up goblins at like 11 a.m. are cool. Like after breakfast is done, all bets are off. Yeah, but I don't wake up goblins at 7 a.m. when the entire cabin is over 30. No, please, 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 please. Okay, thank you. I get that. And I will will appreciate and approve of that. So, So, but I, I, I dislike murder during breakfast in general. Right. Like, let's and just, that's, let's take coffee in us. Right. So we had a player who was visiting from out of town and they were just, just so it said, this player was incredible. I used the okay check-in system through this entire engagement. Um, but their character was caught 
murdering somebody uh, because they were seeking a death mark, which was a thing at Den- in Denver at that time. This was in 2019. Sure. Um, and so uh, that player murdered an NPC. They were caught. They were brought to myself and uh, my character hu- character's husbands. We both were playing barons at the time. And so we were responsible for trying this character. Um and so I had to, I had to, you know, find this individual, whether they were innocent or guilty, and they were very clearly guilty. Um, and so I had to order their death. They were put down, they were, uh, they were slept and then doomed, I think, and then put through the resurrection circle. And they, you know, it was an interesting scene. Um, there was a lot of good conflict, a lot of good role play, and the player was phenomenal through the entire experience. Um <laughs> But I ordered that character, that character's death, and then, um, yeah. I think I don't believe that enforcing laws that are codified by the game is PvP. It, but it is. It is a form of character versus what I call CVC because that's what we used to call it in the I DR mean, network. It's character. I, I that player. I did, there was nothing versus that player. That was the two characters came to a crossroads, and that character had to be put through the resurrection circle because they had committed a crime, and they were found guilty. I guess. I mean, listen. <laughs> I'm not gonna. <laughs> I mean, you and I, you and I play characters on different ends of the fence, my friend. Well, no, I mean, I just, I mean, sometimes, so, I mean, sometimes stupid should hurt, and if but, you break the law, crimes happen. So, I just don't. Th- I, I understand what you mean. I do get right. what you're saying, and I see the distinction. I'd love to hear listeners give There's, give me their yeah. opinions, and we can talk about it. I, I don't have a problem with it either way, and I'm certainly not passing judgment on people that do, um, you know, care, you know, character versus character, PvP, whatever. I, I admit, I understand. Understand the distinction between PvP and character versus character conflict. I was around when those things were. Dis- I was around on the right. internet when those things were discussed, and we made that new clarification. Right. I will never. I. I don't know that I will ever, outside of official communications, be able to change my internal dialogue. It will always just be PvP to me. Um, and. Even if I know for a fact that it's me and my, you know, my best friend murdering each other in the woods and laughing the whole time because it's just shorthand, I can't stop it. But I know what you mean. I know right, what you mean. Right. By the way, me and my best friend should never be allowed to fight ever because it just turns into pro wrestling. Um, so, like, we've decided that we just don't fight each other. Um, do you, do just, you guys just run at each other and say, I consent to physical role play? Now, let me, so let me tell you what happened this one time. And then, because we're getting close to the end so but people will appreciate this story so my good friend john who is um fun fact he's the only knight on our team but he's the third in command this is this is the this is i I want to meet them oh man he's great but well the, the reality is our the group the three of us Sean hasn't played in a long time. He moved, he's moved on, but the three of us, um, kind of all, we like never really disagreed. So it didn't matter. Um, but, um, he was our, he were the, the, the whole point of it is that he was our treasury or like he was our production manager because he's a blacksmith and we have a potion maker and scroll maker and an alchemist. And so his job was to coordinate all that. So the joke was that I have a knight sorting my treasure. That was the bit. That was the bit. I mean, was, I, I did too, but I was a baroness. But you are also, yeah. So, but it's it's funnier when I'm like the mob right. boss, right? Right. So, right. like, not really, but like, so he and I were in a situation where um one of us was, I, it was me, was uh, possessed. Oh. Um. By, I can't even remember what it was. It was a I don't know if I was turned to. So I was, uh, I, I don't know if I, because both of these things happened at some point. I don't know if I was a werewolf because oh. we had a whole lycanthropy thing going on. Yeah, yeah, like you do. I thought briefly about trying to figure out a way to do the lycanthropy uh, pyramid scheme because in Caldaria, yeah, which is old real. Connecticut, if you get a guy, then you get more powerful. And if he gets a guy, you get more powerful and he gets more powerful. So oh, I thought about grabbing everybody <laughs> and being an alpha, uh, mm-hmm. but we decided not to do that. Uh, because, you know, the direct sales model didn't work for uh, lycanthropy <laughs> is what I decided. But so I can't remember if I was a werewolf or we had a shadow possession in Caldaria, which is mm-hmm. 
super this, this was like this epic multi-year plot line with creatures that could possess you but either way I was possessed and we had a cabin you know how when you ward a cabin there's yep. only one door correct and so the cabins were picture like a keyboard right mm-hmm. they were long and rectangular right and I was on the side that uh had the closed door so I had to get through him I see. and there were all it was him and one other person in the cabin and the person next to me was an unarmed potion maker <laughs> and so I was just sitting there it, I was a werewolf I remember now I was a werewolf um and so I wolfed out which really just means I heard the noise there was like mm-hmm. a noise and then they would call a hold and I'd put my rubber nose on that was always in my pockets and I always had claws oh, it was wow. very disconcerting for everybody <laughs> and so mm-hmm. I would wolf out I beat the heck out of my buddy Seth mm-hmm. <laughs> and just just destroyed him it wasn't even fun poor guy i feel bad but whatever do you and then it was no i don't not even (laughs) no you don't don't lie um, but it took like three hits because he was just like his job was to make potions that's it and he just he basically just started lying down as soon as i wolfed out he's like all right i'm out and so then i had to get through like a three foot wide corridor with my friend john standing in it and he's bigger than i am and so i rushed him and I will. I'm comfortable in this case saying that we definitely both were charging. <laughs> um, it was unsafe, um, and it ended with him. And I, I know this. It was unsafe. You're not supposed to do this. I'm not advocating this. It was unsafe. This is why he and I don't fight each other anymore. Um, and so I beat him, and he fell over, but he was possuming just you know falling down and pretending to be dead and so i ran and so the the end of it was him possibly while i was standing over him mostly dead and as i was standing there like and i was trying to collect myself or something he eviscerated me by hitting me square in the business with his oh. with a short sword <laughs> and i just collapsed to the ground and was like you know what i'm in i'm out and so it was at that moment that he and i decided that we were really unless we were absolutely forced to we would never melee v melee we have had plenty of of packet duels you know but where not, we you never know, with the weapon but we don't weapon with each other just because we're too okay. we're too comfortable we basically just like i basically put him you know gave him a stunner you know like right, what are you going to do right. Right. Um, so yeah, we don't, I don't fight my friend John anymore. Um, but, you know, what are you going to do? I, I had to get out of that cabin. Um, I didn't, I didn't get out of that cabin. I think we're all what, better what for it. What did you learn? What I learned is, I mean, what I learned is I probably could have, if I beat him that fast, I probably could have just done it without charging. Don't charge. When in doubt, the lesson, when in doubt, the, the lesson <laughs> the that we learned is don't charge. Away. Don't charge. The lesson is don't charge. Play the and game by its own. And don't hit anybody in the bits. Don't. Don't do that. He could. I mean, to be fair, he really was trying to hit me in the leg. I know he was. I know he has promised me. But it was just, you know, um, it glanced yeah. off my armor is really what happened, I think. I don't uh, know. He wasn't trying to wreck me. Like That's not how we were playing. So... Uh, Juliet, I think our time is coming to an end here. So for everybody that's listening, the one thing I didn't tell you is our cadence of episodes. This is going to be a monthly podcast. It's going to be about an hour long. It's going to come out around the 15th of every month. So um, I can say with this, uh, if something urgent comes up and we need to do an emergency episode, uh, we will do so. And so subscribe on all of your relevant podcasting feeds. We will, (laughs) excuse me, we will post them when they are, uh, when they start or when they are ready to publish. And yeah, but for the most part, it's going to be 12 podcasts a year. Make sure you subscribe. Give us, you know, all the all the stuff you do for your favorite video game podcast. Do that for us. So go to iTunes. Right. Go click subscribe link. Post us onto your favorite social feeds. Let us know what we did well. Let us know what you'd like to see more of. And I, yes, and I promise over time, you're going to hear not just my stories and Juliet's stories. You're going to hear from different owners. You're going to hear from members, other members of national staff. And we are looking players. for players, yeah. co-hosts. So if you are someone that has a microphone 
and uh, is generally free on Wednesday evenings throughout the month. Uh, let us know because we are looking for more hosts because one thing we do want to do is we want to be inclusive. We want to have more people on here. Even if it's a rotating cast, that's fine with me as long, you know, you, but you're always going to have me and Jules. So yep. Juliet, this is a long time coming. Thank you for being here with me tonight. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me, Stephen. This was really a joy. And I get to continue to pick your brain on the East Coast eccentricities. <laughs> East Coast eccentricity. Listen, are you, are, you, are you implying that y'all aren't a little crazy? Uh, I am implying that I'm representing I, uh, a certain side of the country that I feel I'm, like has I'm, been underrepresented. That is absolutely true, which is something that uh, has been mentioned to me (laughs) uh, many times by many folks. And I said, fine, find me a West Coaster that thinks like me and talks like me. And guess what? They finally did. Hey. It only took a decade. It's fine. All right, everybody. Thank you very much for listening to episode one of the Alliance LARP podcast. We will be back in June with more shenanigans. Don't know what we're talking about yet, but it's probably going to be awesome. Until then, have a good night. Bye. You're supposed to say bye, too. Oh, I'm supposed to say bye, too. I was ready to just let you do the outro. (laughs) I did. That was the outro. We said bye. (laughs) The outro is us saying bye. Thanks, everybody.